chapter number 11, I hope it's well with your soul. And I'm so thankful that uh, God is taking care of all that we need, Your Honor. Amen. Just got to be faithful. Look to Him and He'll take care of us. We have for some time been looking at the theme behind me on the wall there. We walk by faith, believing God no matter what. Normally we don't take this long on a theme for a new year. Um, but we've got a lot of examples of people in the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 11 is where we've been looking. That believe God no matter what during their time. It's our time now. God says faith still pleases Him. Now faith is impossible. Please Him when it's come to God. Believe that He is a rewarder of them. The diligently seek Him. You will find the devil with every trial that you face. The devil will come around and try to get you to get your eyes on the wrong thing. Get your eyes on yourself. Get your eyes on your circumstances. We've got to believe God and keep our eyes on Him. Keep looking to Him. We have traveled through this passage so far. We've looked at Abel. And uh, we looked at Enoch. Boy, he walked with God. He pleased God. Noah. Noah built that big old ark. Nobody ever seen rain before. We looked at Abraham. This morning I want to preach a message that I have entitled, Faith sees beyond self. Faith sees beyond self. As we look at the story, as we look at the example really of Sarah and her faith. I don't know about you, but you ever think, what is the hardest, most impossible thing that God has ever asked you to do? You think about it and see, well, as I get older, the next thing keeps coming and the next thing keeps coming, and the next thing keeps coming. God asked Sarah, or she told, he told Sarah, you're going to have a baby. Uh, for most women at the right age, that's wonderful news. Sarah was pushing 90. <laughs> now, I don't want to embarrass any of our wingles. <laughs> imagine somewhere close to 90. Can you imagine the task that Sarah was given? I want to look at her life, and I really want to call your attention to begin with verse uh, number 11 of Hebrews 11. Uh, I also need you to find Genesis 18, because that's where the story is, and where we'll find uh, probably most of our material this morning. The Bible says this in Hebrews 11, in verse number 11, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength and conceived seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. I want to call your attention to that word, a couple words here in this verse. The first word I want to call your attention to is Sarah herself. Sarah had to get past herself in order for her to exercise faith to believe God. The Bible says Sarah herself. She had to believe God for herself. Nobody could believe God for her. She had to make a decision for herself. And the scripture says, call attention to the word judged him faithful. She had to make a decision 
The word judge there is a word that means to consider, to regard, to govern. She had to make a decision to get her eyes off of herself and to put her eyes onto God and what God was asking. Sometimes it is a challenge for us to believe God because rather than making and keeping God the object of our faith, we get the object of our faith on ourselves. And Sarah is in Hebrews 11 because there came a time in Sarah's life where Sarah herself, for herself, decided, I am going to believe God. I am going to regard, to let God govern my life. The story is found in Genesis chapter number 18. I want to call your attention to that passage of Scripture now. Genesis chapter number 18. And I want just to look at the story just a little bit. And I want to give you some, uh, some thoughts here this morning. Genesis 18, verse number 1, the Bible tells us, And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the door, in the tent door, in the heat of the dead. God's appearing to Abram. He looked up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground. And said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray thee, be fetched, and watch your feet, and rest yourselves uh, under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort ye your hearts, after that ye shall pass on. For therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, So do as thou hast said. Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures to find meal and knead it, and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a calf tender and good, and gave it the young men, and he hastened to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abram and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I have a surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laughed not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. Lord, I ask this morning that you would speak to us as we look at this example of faith. We find in Hebrews 11, we find the story here in Genesis. Lord, I recognize if any works to be done here, that you must do the work. So, Lord, I pray that you would use me. I yield myself to you, and I pray you'd use me as your servant this morning. And I pray, Lord, that you would draw people to yourself. And Lord, would you continue to teach us how to believe God, no matter what. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're going to believe God, no matter what... You're going to have to make a decision on a regular basis to choose Him, as I said already, to be the object of your faith. What God asks of us 
is bigger than we are. And yet, it's not bigger than God is. I want us to see, as I look at some statements here that I draw from this story, number one, I want us to see this. Faith in God will take you beyond your human thinking. Look at verse number 12 in Genesis chapter 18 here. Verse 12, the Bible says that she makes this statement, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also. She hears this statement that she's going to have a son, a child. And she begins to do like we like to do. She begins to start the process in her brain, and it does not compute. Faith goes beyond our brain's capacity to figure it out. We like the instructions that we're given to make logical sense. We like to be able to say, hey, I get what God's doing here. This makes sense to me. But often what God asks us to do doesn't make human sense. You think concerning the stories in the Word of God. God came to Gideon. Gideon's out uh, uh, in the uh, threshing wheat. And God says, Gideon, hey, uh, I want to use you uh, to defeat the Midianites. And Gideon, after he deals with his own insecurities and his own problems, he finally says, okay, and, and he gets his army together. And the army that they had together, I think it was about 32,000 or something, whatever it was, it was less than the Midianites to begin with. And God says, you got too many. Huh? Too many? And 20,000 or something leave, I think. I mean, my numbers might be off a little. And he says, hey, you still got too many, huh? Too many? 300. 300. Gideon led 300 to defeat the Midianites. Humanly speaking, it didn't make sense. You see, God sometimes doesn't make sense to us. He makes sense to himself. Joshua, you're going into Jericho. Yes, you're going to Jericho. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to walk around the walls. Huh? Walk around the walls? Yeah. I want you to walk around the walls once, and then walk around the next day, and walk around the next day. And the last day, hey, I want you to walk around. I want you to blow trumpets. Humanly speaking, what a strategy. What a strategy to defeat an army. It didn't make sense to us, but it made sense to God. I was reading this morning in Mark chapter 3 in my devotions, and, I, and there was a man there uh, that the scripture says had a withered hand. Do you know what Jesus asked him to do? Stretch it out. It's withered. Can't you see that it's withered? But the man does it. He stretches it out and God heals him. You see stuff that doesn't make sense to us. He says to the disciples, look at the crowds here. These crowds have been following us. They're hungry. They're tired. Feed them all. He said, how are we going to feed all these people? I mean, you could, you could work for 200 days and take all the money and go for that food. And you're not going to touch it. You're not going to eat. What do you got? We got five loaves and two fish. What are these among so many? The disciples are looking at them going, what you're asking us to do does not make sense to us. And yet Jesus has them take the food. He breaks it and he feeds 5,000. How about at the tomb of Lazarus? Everyone's weep, weeping. They're burdened. They're, they're sad. Lord, if he had come, Lazarus wouldn't have died. Where is he? He's over here. He's in the tomb. Okay, move the stone. Here's Martha. Lord, uh, could I tell you something now? She had a sensitive nose. I think women have a more sensitive nose than men. I don't smell anything. You know, I said, man, this smell, open up the window. I don't, I don't smell nothing, you know. I just, it smells good. Maybe I'm used to it. I shouldn't go there. But Martha, 
Lord, he's going to stink. He's been in this tomb for some time. And Jesus says, what? I don't care. Move the stone. And he calls Lazarus to come forward. What Sarah was being asked of God to do was to believe God no matter what. But in her mind, she couldn't process it. And we have to get our eyes off of what we think and get our eyes onto the one that's asking us to do something. So what happens then is this. We know God wants to do something. And when I try to figure out it and I can't, my focus, the object of my faith, goes from God to me. Because i got to try to figure this thing out. And we'll never be able to figure out all the details. We never will. Faith says, I am going to believe God. I am going to judge Him faithful. I'm going to get my eyes. I can't figure it out. I don't know how it's all going to work out. I'm tired of worrying about it. I am now looking to Him to take care of whatever the situation is. She let God get her past her own thinking. Number two. We're back in Genesis 18, verse 12. The Bible says this. Verse 12. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself. And the Lord says to Abraham, verse 13, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I have a surety bear a child which am old? Verse 15, She denies it, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. Why did she laugh? I mean, think about this. Her emotions responded to her thinking. Sarah does not see how this is going to work. Can I say it this way? Sarah does not feel good about it. Faith in God takes you beyond your human emotions. We think about it, sometimes we, we all have a tendency to have a, a protection mechanism that kicks in, right? And uh, we don't like to be out of our comfort zone. We like to feel good about these things. And she doesn't feel good about it. And to some, uh, laughter is what the response is. And, 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 and then she lies about it. And, of course, her fear causes her to, uh, to, 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 to lie about it. And, and God says, no, no, you, you lie in Mark chapter number 4, we won't turn there. You can turn there if you want. You're familiar with the story. Jesus is in a boat with the disciples. And he's tired, so he goes to sleep. And a storm comes out while he's sleeping. And the disciples are looking at the storm. They're seeing the waves, the heel, the wind. They feel it. And they feel like they're going to die. Mm -hmm. And here's what they say to Jesus. They wake Jesus up, and they say, Carest thou not that we perish? And Jesus, of course, wakes, and he says this, What's your problem? Why have you no faith? And he says, Peace be still. And he comes to the sea. 
their assessment of the situation caused fear in their life. Do you know what? Sometimes we face situations in our life that cause fear. That we don't feel good about. You ever go witnessing and come upon a house and here's a big, burly, rough dude. Got a big beard, got a stomach. Got a heart on the inside there. Got tattoos coming down his arms. Got biceps bigger than Brian Talbot's. <laughs> and there's something inside us that says what? Maybe, maybe someone else can witness to that guy. I don't feel good about it. You see, our emotions sometimes can play a big factor. When I exercise faith, I'm not looking at me and my feelings. I'm looking at God. You think about the intimidation factor that can come upon a lot. I think of the word of God. Naaman, he wanted to kill the Jews. Esther, she's the queen. Naaman decides he doesn't like the Jews because of Mordecai. And so he declares that they're going to kill all the Jews on a certain time. Esther and Mordecai, they have an interaction. And Mordecai basically says, listen, listen, lady. Uh, you're a Jew, and you're not going to pass the death here, so you might as well either risk going into the king, or you're going to die anyway, you're going to die with us. Esther, initially, does not feel good about it. But Esther has to come to a point where she says, it's not about how I feel, it's not about my fear, it's about doing what God wants me to do. And she comes to this conclusion. If I perish, I perish. And you know the story. She goes into the king and he holds out the scepter and the Jewish nation. God would have saved them in a different way because God's able to. But God uses Esther in a wonderful way because Esther was willing to go against how she in Luke chapter number 5, the disciples had been fishing. They're fishing all night. That's when fishing was best. They caught nothing. They come back and they're washing their nets on the side there. And they're washing the nets and Jesus shows up. And Jesus says, hey, um, can I use your boat a minute to, to, to talk? Yeah. So he talks, preaches. And then he says, hey, let's go out there and we're going to go fishing. And Peter, tired all night, he has to inform the Lord. Lord, we've, we've been out all night. We've toiled all night. And read between the lines, I'm not feeling good about this, Lord. But he says this, Nevertheless, at thy word, I'll let down the net. And what does God do? Boy, there's more fish than they know what to do with. Can I tell you this? When God tells you to go out and witness. God tells you to give out a gospel track. You're probably never going to feel like it. 
you're probably never, let me think about it this morning. How many of you, when the alarm went off, if it went off, you popped out of bed this morning like Jack in the Box and said, Praise the Lord, I get to go hear Pastor Moss and preach. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. <laughs> Our emotions are like, huh, already? You know, what's going on here? The alarm rang already, right? But you did what? You said, hey, I may feel like staying in bed, but the right thing to do is to get up and go to church. And now you're happy you're here, I hope, Amen. right? The reality is this. Our emotions can play a big factor in whether or not we obey the Lord. I told you a number of weeks ago that I was in the trumpet choir in college. I was the last chair. I was, I'm going to confess my sins here. Hopefully my teacher isn't listening. I'm sure he isn't. He's probably up there. Well, maybe he's listening up there. The last chair. The guy down there, he's playing all over the map. I mean, he's way up in the sky and this and that. I had to be in a group in order to be a music minor. So this was my group. When I first got into that group, I thought, I should change my mind. I should do something. This is, this is intimidating. And there were times when I, over here, Brother Talbot, you can do this when you got 15 trumpets playing. I just pushed the notes, and there was no air coming out. <laughs> I had to fake it until I made it, right? But the reality is, I had to say, all right, I've got to figure this out, because... If I'm going to be a music minor, I'm going to have to, God, you're going to have to help me. You're going to have to grow me. When my feeling was saying, get out. You see, our emotions are so key. Sarah could believe God no matter what because she let God get her past her thinking and she let God get her past the pull of her human emotions. You know why sometimes we just flat disobey God? Because we don't feel like it. We don't want to. We don't feel like it. And you know what? We can get past that. Why? If we'll do this. If we'll keep God the object of our faith and not ourselves. You see, when I live by my feeling, I become the object of my faith. And I laugh at what God tells me to do. When, when I am the object of my faith, I allow my thinking to talk me out of doing things that I know I'm supposed to do. Let me give you a third thought, and we'll be finished. <clears throat> faith in God will take you not just past your thinking, your emotion. Faith in God will take you beyond your human ability. The facts are the facts in this passage. Obviously, Sarah acknowledges the facts. Look at verse number 11. The Bible clearly tells us, Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Humanly speaking, this was totally, totally impossible. In verse 10, of course, God says, I'm going to... Uh, uh, when I get back, you're basically going to have a son. In verse 14, God says this. 
Is anything too hard for the Lord? It is not man's ability, but God's ability. God enables those he calls. He doesn't call the enabled. You say, what does that mean? God doesn't look at you and say, man, this guy has... This guy is a great soul winner. Man, they talk to people. He, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use him. No, God sees you and he says, this guy is, is shy and, 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 and nervous. And this guy doesn't have the ability. I'm going to call him and I'm going to use him. In Exodus chapter number 4, God appears to Moses. And we'll look at Moses. And Moses has a speech problem. And he says, the Lord, you want me to go to Pharaoh? Uh, you know, can you send somebody else? Moses gives all the excuses that we give. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to say. Lord, I have a speech problem. I have a stuttering problem. Can you send somebody else? And God says, no, Moses. I recognize your weakness, your physical limitation, but I'm sending you because my ability is greater than your inability. And we ask the question, is anything too hard for the Lord. Mary, your beloved of God, I'm going to give you a baby. His name's going to be called Jesus. And Mary says, oh, wait just a second, time out. I've not known a man. How can this be possible? And God says this, with God, all things are possible. And we know the story. Mary is privileged to God to have Jesus. God is able. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. You know what I want you to do? Let's do this real quick. And then I'm going to turn to a past description. I want you to look at your neighbor. Once you say to your neighbor, what you are going through is not too hard for the Lord. I have to tie my shoes. You're going to do that, and I'm going to hide you and tie my shoes for the We're going to Matthew chapter number 19. Matthew chapter number 19. Is anything too hard for the Lord? No. No. Is it too hard for me? It is. <coughs> Not too hard for the Lord. Interesting story we read here in Matthew chapter 19. In verse number 16. The Bible says this. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good things shall I do that I may inherit, that I may have eternal life? God comes to Jesus and I want eternal life. And Jesus says... Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. If thou entered into life, keep the commandments. He begins to expose that this guy is depending on his own works. And he said, which commandments? Jesus said, do no murder, commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness, honor the father and mother, love the neighbors yourself. Verse 20 of Matthew 19. The young man said unto him, All these have I kept from my youth up. What lack I? Now, obviously, that's not the case, but Jesus moves on. He's exposing that his dependence is in himself. 
Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell all thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, and he had great possessions. What's Jesus doing again? He's exposing his, his dependence on his own riches. His, 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 he, he thinks he's able. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. Again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Now look at what his disciples said. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God... All things are possible. What's Jesus exposing? Jesus exposing his dependency on his own works. His dependency on his own riches. He was not able to get to heaven on his own. He was trusting in his own ability. And the disciples say, wow, this guy has riches, this guy has got... Uh, seems to be a good guy. And Jesus says this. He is the one that needs that can save because Jesus has to convince people that they cannot find salvation in and of themselves. There's salvation in one. And his name is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Somebody's going to trust Christ as Savior. They have to get past themselves. They have to get past their own ability, their own good works, their own status in life. And they've got to recognize I'm not able to save myself. Only Jesus can save. Do you know what keeps people from trusting Christ as Savior? The object of their faith is not God, it's themselves. And until a person gets their eyes off themselves and puts their eyes on Jesus and sees him as the way that you want, until that happens, they'll not be saved. One last story and we'll finish. You know him, his name is Peter. Matthew chapter 14, Peter's on both. A storm comes up. A storm comes up and Jesus walks in the water and they recognize it's Jesus. And Peter says, Lord, is, is, is it thou? It's thou. Bid me. Bid me come onto the water. Now, by the way, we, we can fault Peter for what happens at the end. But I don't know about you. I probably wouldn't have got out of the boat. I probably wouldn't. I'd been laid on hold. Give me a pillow. Hold on to the side. Hey, Jesus, can you push this boat to the shore? Real fast? Can you get us there? I might have done that. But he gets out and he walks on the water. Now, when he's walking on the water, the object of his faith, Peter's faith, is Jesus. But he starts to look around at the storm. The waves. He gets fearful. And he sinks. And Jesus, of course, rescues him. Sarah herself had to come to a place where she was going to judge him. I'm going to consider him to be faithful. I am going to quit.
trying to figure it out on my own. I am going to quit waiting until I feel good about it. I am going to quit making excuses because of my own inability. And I'm going to judge him faithful. And God puts her in Hebrews 11. The songwriter wrote it this way. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. The things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory. Believe God no matter what. It's going to go contrary to how you think at times, to how you feel, and to what you think is even impossible. But nothing is too hard for God. Lord,